0: Today, we have Damian Lupo on the show. Damian is a serial entrepreneur. His current passion is helping others achieve financial freedom and maximizing their wealth by taking advantage of the benefits of the EQRP. He saw the impact of his parents not being prepared financially, and he wants to get the word out so others take control of their finances and maximize their wealth. If you have interest in investing in alternative assets, such as real estate with retirement funds, or looking to understand the significant tax savings available with an EQRP compared to a self-directed IRA, or looking to understand the differences between an EQRP and a solo 401k, then you will want to listen to this episode with Damian Lupo. Before we jump into the intro, don't take a chance on missing out on a future episode to learn from proven seasoned investors. Go to Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe, and please select the five-star review. Thank you, We are currently at 292 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, and we are shooting to get to the 300 mark. We are so close. Thank you for stepping up.
1: Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing, Be introduced to the players that are getting it done and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder.
0: A little background on Damian Lupo before we start the show Damian Lupo is a best selling author and has a book out called QRP that talks about the advantages of setting up an enhanced qualified retirement plan. He's a fifth-degree black belt and has a passion for helping others achieve financial freedom. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest with us here today. We've got Damian Lupo. Damian, appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Thanks, Darren. Great to be here.
0: Absolutely. So typically the first question I would ask is how many properties and how many units, but Damien is coming into into this interview uh, from a little different perspective. So he's not so much a a syndicator, which most of the guests thus far have been syndicators, but instead he's an expert in the space as it comes to um, EQRP and QRP. So wanted to really try to educate the audience. And, um, so he's coming at it from that perspective. So I know I asked you, do you own properties? And you said you used to, and, um, and now you're focused more on the digital side. So maybe just share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. It's funny when you, when we were talking about that offline, it's, uh, right now I've got a lot of digital real estate and it's, it's sort of a funny thing. It's an early space. It's kind of like when I was buying real estate back in 1999, 2000, 2001, everybody was doing pets.com and I was over buying houses and, and it was not sexy, but then it got really <laughs> sexy in 2004 and five when I had 150 houses. So I've definitely been in this space. I, I tend to be pretty contrarian. So I do things usually fairly early or when they're not necessarily common. And that's, that's where I am now. I've got a lot of digital real estate and I, the stuff that we're going to talk about, I help make sure people have the fuel so they can have the hundred or 500 or thousand doors because you need capital in that. And that's what we, f- we focus on. So inadvertently, I've got tens of thousands of units that I've influenced and in people being able to get them.
0: Yeah, that, that's huge. Um, so one of the things just to start out, you know, I'm going to talk about, um, one of your books. I, I read the book. It's called QRP book. Um, I think you had another book out there as well. Um, but the QRP book is the one I read. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions from that if you don't mind. Um, with the goal of educating uh, the listeners, most listeners are either uh, people that want to invest passively or are syndicators who want to scale up and, and, um, and grow. So um, I think that this will benefit both um, sets of listeners. One of the things I saw in there, and I've seen this type of um, number quoted a number of times, but you know, it's still mind blowing to me that there's thirty trillion dollars in retirement accounts.
1: That number is probably going to be three hundred trillion with the amount of printing that's going on, because you're going to see things like the stock market going up and quadrupling, you know, ten xing because of all the printing. So the, the printing really does have yes, thirty trillion is a big number it's it kind of goes into a deeper uh, going down a rabbit hole that number is if we started talking about the number of bitcoins that, that are in retirement maybe it'd be more relevant or how many ounces of gold but uh, regardless 30 trillion of anything is is a lot unless you're in zimbabwe then 30 trillion won't buy you a loaf of bread <laughs> so i mean i guess it's all relative but yeah there's most of the liquidity to the point that you're making most of america's liquidity is in retirement accounts And people don't realize that they actually can touch it and do things with it. And, and they can do more deals if they're wanting to uh, do property where they, you know, buy property, they don't have all the money for, because that's where the cash is. It's, you're not going to go eat the equity in your house. You're actually going to need to be in your house, but could you do stuff with 401ks and IRAs? Yeah. And other people's too. So this ends up being a very large pool of capital. That's really not thought of very often. And it's just, it's waiting for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I was one of those people. Um, so I just got involved in the real estate space about three and a half years ago. And I grew up with the, you know, the mentality of put 10, 20%, you know, into some kind of retirement vehicle and into the into the stock market, you know, whether it be through individual stocks or mutual funds or ETFs or um, and I didn't know there was another way. And so I'm excited for this conversation because You know, I think there's a lot of people that are still that fall into that bucket where they just don't know they can do something different with it. So um, explain, you know, just high level, like one, what does QRP stand for? And then, you know, how does somebody access that money to invest in something else? And what can they invest in? So interestingly
1: enough, the IRS and Congress back in the early 70s, passed a a um, a legislation legislative piece called ERISA and that that's what created IRAs and 401k's and what happened is Wall Street got a hold of it and they said okay how do we get all this money trapped in our system so we can feed people to death until death so it it was it was basically hey here's a 401k the people started getting those at works at work and and they said okay well i guess we have one of five mutual funds to invest in maybe some stocks And so people just went along for decades thinking this was the option because that's what they were told. And unless you go deep into the code or you happen to be in a different world, like the seminar world, you'd never know that you can take all your 401k and your IRA money. You can take all this retirement money and do all sorts of things because it's crazy. The IRS says, here are the five things you can't do and anything else. Go ahead. What Wall Street and what financial advisors tell you is here's what you can do. Mutual fund, A, B, C, D, or E or bonds. They don't actually, a lot of them don't even realize this but the ones that do don't want to tell you they don't want your money to go anywhere other than their system. So they can charge you what's called AUM assets under management. In reality, the the code is set up so that any individual that has retirement money that controls it can invest in real estate, gold, crypto, private notes, international land, like really anything you want. So the bottom line is people have options. And this is most often the case after you leave a job. Once you leave a job, they say, "Where well, do you want to send your 401k and most people say well i don't know either an ira or the next company you work for and so it's a default thing most people don't realize you can take control of this and every every option they give you is not necessarily equal so if you if you transfer to an ira for example you're going to have an ira custodian telling you what you can and can't do if you transfer it to your next 401k they just say okay here's the mutual funds the only real option that gives you absolute control and allows you to grow is an EQRP, which is an, an enhanced qualified retirement plan. And that's, that's what, that's what we, we build. And, and we're the only ones in America that do it because I actually believe fundamentally that until you have control, you don't own the asset. And that's a, it's an interesting thing to think about, Darren. If you, people say, well, I have, I have these stocks. You don't really have those stocks. You, there's a counterparty. There's somebody else that's holding the paper and so could those be taken? Could the treasuries be taken? Could they be manipulated? Well, they are manipulated. So I'm in favor of you controlling your assets because that's when you actually own it.
0: Yeah, a number of interesting things there. Um, so one is for somebody that just doesn't know they can do it is like, what do you mean? I can invest in real estate transactions. I can invest in gold and silver and other, other different asset classes that I can't with traditional IRA. And the answer to that is absolutely. Um, the other thing that you talked about was, you know, control and having control of, of your assets. And, and um, you know, if you sign up for a, a mutual fund um, through your 401k or through your IRA, it just is, is being, you know, managed through that uh, custodian. And you don't have very many options as to what you can do with it. And you can't you know, pull it out until you retire um 59 and a half, I think is the earliest age. But it's also confusing to people like, well, they're, they're talking about something that, you know, sounds complicated. And I think it, you know, first blush, it does sound complicated, but maybe explain how easy it is to, tr- you know, set up and transfer your money into one of these vehicles.
1: What's interesting is that I've actually, I met some, a guy in Belize last week that thought it was so easy because he's smart. He's a doctor. And so he went out and basically built everything and he built it wrong. And he was basically cheap. He said, well, I can just do this myself. So he went out and figured out the cheapest pieces he could do and and put them together. And I said, I would never hire you as a doctor because you're a cheap son of a, you know what? And And I, I think a lot of people have to, well, all of us need to keep in mind that you get what you pay for. And, and so is it easy from the user perspective, from our client's perspective, it's almost a complaint. It's really funny. People will say this seems too easy. And I say, yeah, it takes a lot of energy and work to make something appear that easy and make it simple because at the end of the process, we build everything. We, we keep things in compliance. Basically what we do is we hand somebody a checkbook that's ironclad, bulletproof, you know, not going to get your, if you get sued, you're not going to lose it. And it gives you options to invest in how you want to, what you want to invest with that checkbook it just, it's, it's really fascinating when people realize what they're holding, they're holding all the control in a checkbook and it's protected and it, it works. And at the end of the day, that's what matters that it's, it's an, it's legitimate and it works and you're protected and you're not exposed to the elements or lawsuits. And that's what you end up with. Most things out there can't really say that and nothing can say all of it because this is a unique thing. And, and that's that's what people really want. Nobody wants to be exposed. Nobody wants to be naked with people suing their way to wealth. And, and people want to actually control. There are people that don't want to control it because they're too scared of their money because they believe all of the, the the garbage that Wall Street says, like, hey, you're too stupid to have control of your money. And if you believe that, then you're not a good candidate to have control. But the reality is most of most of the people listening right now are listening to the show and listening to us because they do believe that they're smarter than their financial advisor around their money, that their financial advisor is not going to have their best interest compared to theirs. Because here's the reality. Nobody's going to care about your money more than you. And that's what people, they're, they're frustrated by that because they go, well, I do care about it, but I can't control it. Well, now you can.
0: Right. And, and the, so, I mean, there's a lot of things about that. So one is, you know, everything you read is diversify. You know, have a diversified portfolio, but then your only options are stocks and bonds. So how are you fully diversified? Um, the other thing is that, you know, people tell you just to put it in a index fund and just, you know, forget about it. And, and so I took some money out and just tried. I didn't know how this was going to work out, but here's how, how easy is it, it was. It was, I took a, an old... Uh, IRA that I had transferred 40K money into, and I transferred that into another uh, real estate uh, vehicle that were, well, it's going to be used for a lot of different assets, but I used it for real estate. So the options when I did my first syndication um, and I started, well, when I first started doing um, passive deals, when I started investing in passive deals was self-directed IRA or solo 401K. That was three and a half years ago. Those were the only two options that I had heard of. And I have a company. um, So I set up a solo 401k. I transferred money from an IRA I had with a, a very large financial institution and just transferred it into that solo 401k. And then I had check writing ability and I just wrote a check or wired the money into a real estate transaction. Well, One of those real estate transactions, you know, I put a hundred grand into and three years later, we're in contract right now and I'm due to get a hundred grand back plus another hundred grand. Well, if I had put it into the stock market and the average returns are what, seven, eight percent, say I get 7,000 a year for uh, that hundred grand would have grown to 121 grand. So, you know, I like the fact that I have control to make the decision and I can put it where I want, and I can diversify outside of what Wall Street tells me I have to put it in. And so what I'd like to understand from you is, what's the difference between a solo 401k and a QRP?
1: So an EQRP is specifically different than, than okay. the solo 401k. The, when people, there's a lot of terms, so the, the word QRP, even though we... So what's the what's eqrp versus qrp yeah so i'm i'll I'll explain those because that's there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace primarily by people that are trying to confuse the population into thinking everything's the same it's what you do when you're a commodity seller when you're selling the same thing and it's basically very simple and everybody's doing it we don't sell solo 401ks what we what we created was something different it's an eqrp The eqrp is different than the solo 401ks like what you have and what a lot of people have they have something where they you can never hire even a part-time person you can never have a full-time person with a solo 401k right. if you get sued a solo 401k doesn't have the erisa coverages where eqrps are covered by erisa what does that mean if you get sued the courts can potentially take maybe most of your retirement money so you have limitations there it's not necessarily invisible your name is probably on your solo 401k it's it's visible to the general public Whereas NQRP an is anonymous and private, so there's there's definitely differences, and, and unfortunately there's a there's a lot of characters that are out there that would like to say, oh, they're all the same. They're not the same, and and it's it's unfortunate that people are confused. But uh, the reality is they all serve different purposes. And yours, you, you made a good choice in not using a, an IRA when you did your real estate because you probably had debt right. in that deal, the syndication, right? So you avoided UBIT tax, which is great, and and so you definitely did a better thing than an IRA. And then the next step would be an EQRP to protect you because unless somebody's crazy and thinks that they're never going to be sued or they say, well, I'm never going to hire anybody, even a part-time person. I just think that that's small thinking for, for people. And some people are are genuinely not going to hire anybody ever and they're not going to get sued. I just don't think that that's the smartest play if you're trying to create financial freedom and wealth to limit yourself. And then if you, if you actually said, okay, I do want to hire somebody, you would have to either move your solo into an IRA or go get a completely different type of plan. You'd end up with an EQRP anyway. So this it's really, those are the big differences. And obviously the big difference there too, is that you're working with a company that is they is—they're human beings. It's not a bot. It's not some app on a, on a phone. When you actually need help, there's a, there's a whole team. And that's, that's a unique thing in the marketplace, trying to actually get help help from human beings. And, you know, obviously we're not the only company that, has people. I just find it interesting. There's a, there's a race to the bottom across different industries. And a lot of people go, well, I can get this one thing and I can get it for X dollars. And this other thing is more. And so they go with a cheaper one. And I, and I I think, well, you know what, eventually you're going to realize what you paid for and what you didn't pay for. And and so I'm, I'm pretty conscious of that. And I think it's really good to think about what do you actually want? Do you want to have a team or are you a, one of these, you know, individual solo artists, And I think solo 401k is meant for somebody that always wants to do everything on their own because you really can't hire a team. uh, And if that, if you have that mindset and that's where the wealth is, wealth is with teams, rich people have teams. It's just something we should all remember.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. When, when I got started um, and I don't know, you tell me when you guys started doing these EQRPs, but I didn't even know that it existed. So my only two options were self-directed IRA or solo 401k. I went with solo 401k uh, for a couple of reasons. One, um, it does give me check writing control. Um, secondly, as you pointed out, it, it's save, it's a big savings on the tax front. And I don't know why the government set one up self-directed IRAs with different you know requirements and different tax implications versus solo 401ks and EQRPs, but the fact is they did. So, you know, you know understanding the differences and so flexibility, you know, flexibility to be able to um, do what I wanted to and control it, but also have a limited tax consequence at the end of a, a, a good um, returning uh, investment deal with, based on real estate, um, that does have financial leverage, that was important to me. Now, had I known about the EQRP at the time, I would look at, okay, well, what's the, you know, um, advantages of a solo 401k versus an EQRP? Does it provide me more flexibility, you know, for the future? Um, what's the cost differential? And do I see value in the difference? You know, those. that's kind of how I would look at it. Um, I would like you to talk about that tax difference because on my first syndication, again, I didn't know that QRPs were an option and I think we had 44 limited partners and maybe I think I helped open like 15 self-directed IRA accounts, you know? Um, And when that happened, you know, I was like, look, if you have a, you know, a a solo company, you and your wife um, or husband, um, you can set up a solo 401k like I did. If not, my understanding is the only option is the self-directed IRA. Well, since that time, I've had two investors switch, transfer from the the self-directed IRA to a QRP program. And I don't know if it was with you or if it wasn't with another group, but um, to give them that additional flexibility and also to save them tax-wise. Um, so if you're in a self-directed IRA, it sounds crazy because you're in a retirement vehicle, but you will have tax liability at the end of a real estate transaction. And if you're in a solo 401k or a QRP, you will not. So let's just have you talk through, if somebody invested $100,000 passively and let's say the leverage was they got a loan on the, on the real estate transaction of 70%. Talk through what that tax liability might look like and then compare that to what it may cost to set up an EQRP. And I'm guessing it's going to be a significant savings.
1: Well, yeah, th- th- this is probably the most significant thing for people when you're talking about IRAs. If you've got an IRA, a self-directed IRA, and you invested in real estate, like your example, great example, you put $100,000 into a deal and it's that deal is 70% leveraged, very common, and you make $100,000 like you were talking about. So 70% of your profits are going to be subject to UBIT. UBIT is a 37% tax on almost all of the money. So you're talking 37% on $70,000 in profit. So you do the math and you're talking twenty dollars to $25,000 in tax. And so you just ask yourself, why would I do that? that and the only reason people, people do it is because they don't retirement vehicle.
0: Better. That's in a retirement yeah.
1: vehicle. And that's, that, that's even in Roth IRAs. So people say, wait a second, how is this possible? It's because the tax code for IRAs is under t- Section 408. And there is a trigger there. And the reason the IRS does this, they say, well, it's not really all your money that's making money. It's debt that's also making money. And so they say, we're not going to let you keep all of it. We're going to take some of it because they feel entitled to pick your pockets. What's interesting is the under the 401 section, which is where qualified retirement plans like 401ks and in your your 401k and the EQRP live, there's an exemption. And that was because developers years ago got an exemption because the developers were they were using a lot of pension and 401k money to invest in their deals. And their lobbyists were just better than the IRA lobbyists. They got an exemption. So. You're able to go and do this to be able to exempt yourself, not pay that 37% tax. So this is, I mean, there's there's actually no good when you say it's it's funny. People will say, "Well, tell the tell me the pros and cons." There are no pros to a a self directed IRA other than if you're cheap, you get a self directed IRA. The next thing, and this is not beating up on you because you did a way better move than the IRA. The next cheapest thing is a solo 401k where you have limited exposure in in terms of. Uh, you're not going to have that tax, but you have very big limits on how much you can grow and, and what you can do and your exposure liability wise. So why did you do that? Because that was the best information you had. And it was a good choice. And so, I mean, I it, actually, when people say I have a, a solo 401k, I'm like, great. I'm glad you didn't do an IRA. Right. And so good job. Now, the next level is is the EQRP because it gives you flexibility to grow and not get screwed if you get sued, because most people are going to get sued at some point. It's just how it is. Like, in America, we live in the land of billboards that have injury attorneys. So if you have assets, you got to protect those suckers. And so that's, you're going to, you, again, you, you pay what you get, what you pay for. And so with, when you get an EQRP, depending on whether you're by yourself, whether you have five employees, 50 employees, it works. And, and it's, you're going to invest, you're going to pay an appropriate amount, might be a few thousand, it could be 10,000. It depends on where you are and how much of a team you've built. What it doesn't do is limit you on your growth solo 401ks are very limiting on how much you can grow. Like you can't, you're going to, you're forced to never have an employee. And I will tell you something, Darren, that right now the IRS, and they've been doing this more and more, they're looking for people that are trying to play games with employees because people will say, Oh, all my people are contractors. If, if it looks like a duck, it sounds like a duck. It's a duck. And they're going to come back. So here's what happens. Somebody says, well, I've got 10 contractors. Three of them are full-time. Okay. That's all. They're only working for you. The IRS will come back and they'll say, these are employees. Not only are we going to charge you payroll taxes, but we're going to, we're going to penalize you and we're going to charge you interest and all this stuff. And we're going to go backwards and we're going to say your solo 401k is now disqualified because you didn't offer a 401k to all the employees that you had. So people are trying to play games because they're cheap. And when you know that that's the game, you say, well, let's play the game for real. So once you have better information, the question is, are you going to run with it? or Are you going to hide? Right. Hiding is stupid. There's, ton- there's tons of wealth to be made playing by the rules. People that, that say, oh, I don't pay taxes because I want cash. Like they, they say, I only, I only take payment in cash. I look at those people and I go, that's called tax evasion. Tax avoidance is, is what Justice Learned Hand said is appropriate. You pay as little as tax little tax as the code allows you to do, but don't cheat. Cheating is stupid. You know who doesn't cheat? Rich people. You know who cheats? Poor and middle class people because they don't have teams. So they say, the only way that I can keep more money is by screwing the government. Guess what? The government is bigger than you. They will crush you if you cheat. Don't cheat. Just have better teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, just just have more knowledge and and you know um, figure out how the rich, you know, defer their taxes and continue to defer those taxes, uh, you know, as long as you can. Um,
1: and and let me let yeah. me say something about that because this is a, this is really good for everybody. The rich eliminate taxes completely. So there's so there's, there's this idea of deferring the idea of deferring which is powerful and useful and compounding money that was the government was going to take, the next level is when you go to zero. And one of the values of having a boutique firm that, that spends most of its time, which is what we do on education, we're figuring out ways to eliminate tax, not just defer it. Defer it is one level. The next level is eliminating. So because of the tax code set up the way it is with bonus depreciation, cost seg, the Roth accounts, there are ways for us to get people into a place where they earn money, it goes into a retirement account tax free, it grows tax free, and we pull it out tax free. And we can do that even before age 59 and a half. This is part of having a world class team. Just think about what I just said. I'm telling you, there's a way to go to zero, not just maybe someday I'll take the money out and it'll, and then it'll like be taxed. But I'm talking about going to zero tax forever. And I'm talking about doing that at any age. That's the power in having teams. It's not about anybody knowing everything. That's one of the things, the problems with smart people, you know, like us, we want to know everything. The idea is you need to know how to have a great team. The team is how you're going to get wealthy and how you're going to stop paying taxes.
0: Yeah. I mean, learn from others and then, then hire the professionals and experts in, in each of those areas. Um, You know, any, anybody that's done a multifamily deal knows that they need to have great attorneys. They need to have great um, rehab people, they need to have you know great um, inspection people. They need to have great lenders. You know, you can't do it on your own for sure. Um,
1: well, and 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 so the, the skill set there is developing the team. It's I, I was with Robert Kiyosaki and a bunch of other people this last week. And one of the things he he's always standing up and saying, "I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid." He's not stupid, but he's not the smartest person on his team. He's not trying to figure out everything about Bitcoin and property management. He's got Kenny McElroy when he's when he's looking at gold and silver. He's got people like Dana Samuelson. Like there, so the reason I bring him up is because most people have read Rich Dad Poor Dad or they know the name. And he's incredibly wealthy. He's super smart, and he is not the smartest person. So he he's learning and growing. And the thing that he's learned is that. You're not going to be the expert in anything. Your job is to bring those experts together, and then you work together, and then you say, "Here's the vision." Your job as an entrepreneur, an investor, is to have a vision. It is not the technical pieces. That's one of the dumbest things people do, and it's usually the smartest people that do it.
0: Right. So, in that scenario we were talking about before, if if they were to pay 37% tax on seventy thousand, they had a twenty twenty five thousand um, dollar, you know, tax implication. I'm not sure. Did Did you answer in terms of like, what is it, what's the range to set some, a QRP up, EQRP up?
1: Yeah. So, so setting it up depends on your situation. So it's not, this is not a cookie cutter thing. Like when you, when you look at companies, whether it's Schwab or different companies that are setting up solo 401ks, they have a cookie cutter. We don't have a cookie cutter. It depends. It's, It's like a tax advisor. If a tax advisor says it's always the same thing, you need to fire them. Because it's not always the same thing. It's complex. Okay. So it ranges from right. a few I'm thousand still, to I'm ten still thousand. B- okay,
0: what'd you say? What is what was that range? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so it's gonna range from a few thousand to, to about ten thousand okay. to set it up. And this could be depends on your situation. No,
0: well, I was gonna say so I'm a business guy and and your answer is not gonna fly with me on anything I do. I'm gonna say, All right, well, what's the lowest and what's the highest? And you know, give me a range because I need to understand mm-hmm. at least what we're talking about. So you're saying Two to ten K, even if it's at the high end, okay. Mm Ten K, and you save twenty five thousand in tax off one deal. That's a more than double return on your investment on one deal, and now you've got it set up that you can use over and over and over and over again.
1: And 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 quite frankly, for most people, it's going to be three or four thousand dollars. Okay, so. And so, so that's, and you, so you're talking four or five or six X for your first deal. And like you said, it just goes over and over again. So it's the right tool pays for itself by an X factor, you know? So that's, that's, that's the reality. And if you, let's say you have five, 10, 15 employees, you're going to save about $30,000 a year in fees. So you start realizing, wait, having the best, is, is the smartest, least expensive thing yeah. to do, even though the dollars may look like they're more. You actually, they're not. Yeah,
0: that's huge. Um, the other thing is, you know, um, going back to the whole, and I don't want to spend ton of time on the stock market versus other asset classes, but I think a lot of people, when they're just, you know, because typically you go in, you sign your your HR info and you sign up for the 401k and it's a one-time deal and you select the box on what you want and then you just let it ride. And, you know, and maybe you've seen, okay, the expense ratio on this mutual fund is 1% and you're like, Oh, that's 1%. It's like nothing. But then when you realize your returns are maybe, maybe your returns are 5% or 6% for the year and 1% of that, is wiped off because of expenses, that's 20% of your return. And then if you have a down year and you actually lose money in the stock market, in your mutual funds, they're still taking that 1%. And so, you know, I think that people don't think of it as being a a big fee, you know, but when you look at it as a percentage of your return, you know, compounded over 20, 30 years, it could be massive dollars.
1: I agree with you. There, there, there's a client who's a fairly well-known uh, surgeon in Texas that was looking at his and a, and a friend of his, one of his uh, associates, and they had moved their their 401k after they shut down their practice. They moved it over into EQRPs and did the math from their stock investing for 25 years. And when they compounded it, they, after the fees from Wall Street and the advisors and all that stuff that you're talking about, the one and 2% for this and that, that's visible and invisible they realized that they, the number was about 2.5% compounded over 25 years. Holy cow. That sounds like a whole life insurance policy. Right. That's terrible. And yet, that's reality. So the compounding works against you, even if it's 1% or 2%. It actually destroys any possibility of anybody being financially free with a 401k invested in stocks.
0: Yeah, that's big. Um, another quote that was, was uh, in your book uh, related to taxation said, you know, taxation is possibly the most destructive force ever. And my grandfather told me a long time ago, Darren, you should either become a tax, you know, attorney or accountant or hire the best one because taxes is, you're going to be your biggest expense over your lifetime. And I just kind of, you know, my grandfather and I just, you know, I had it in, in my head, but I didn't take action on it, you know? And then. I was in the corporate world and I made really good money and I had to write really big checks to the government. And it wasn't until I got involved in the real estate world where a lot of people have gained this knowledge on how to, um, one, how to leverage their retirement funds, you know, and, and keep taxes low. And then two, how to leverage, you know, real estate transactions and the depreciation related to that to, you know, offset, um, and minimize and possibly eliminate um taxes altogether and that was just an eye-opener to me and it was just surrounding myself with other like-minded people that you know helped educate
1: i think you said something there that's that's super important and everybody should take a note on this the people that you surround yourself with is the most it's the most important thing ever H. Jackson Brown on this list of like the top 20 things that you should know or that rules in your life. Number one was pick the right person to marry because that will be, that's single-handedly the most important thing that will drive your happiness, success, everything. And, and then the next thing is the other people that are around you, your friends and your associates. Who are you getting advice from? Are you, do you have those people? What we know is that you, you and I, and I think anybody that has half of a brain, if they have a whole brain, would say things are speeding up they're not slowing down. And if you if you think you're going to keep up by going and Googling, and that's how you're going to keep like give me a break. There's, it's like that, that particular space has an exponentially growing database of information. And so you have to have people that are out there, narrowing in on their thing, and then you bring people together. So where are you getting the How are you choosing? Is it proximity? I call this proximity collisions. Well, my neighbor is a CPA. So I'm going to use that person. That's the dumbest thing you've ever done unless that person happens to be world-class and what are the chances? Very, very low. So spending time, investing your time with us is awesome because we can start thinking about that together. And then, then you can choose, you've got to be careful about who you choose because that, that will, it'll essentially become you, the people that are around you. That's who you become because you absorb them. It's very crazy. It's osmosis. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I'm look, before I read your book, I did, I didn't really understand the difference between a solo 401k and, and a, EQRP or QRP. And, um, you know, the asset protection, it sounds like is a big, uh, big piece there. And then secondly, if, if I'm ever to bring on employees, um, that's another big thing. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of dumb to be quite frank. I mean, that okay, I, I have to have a business decision whether to bring on an employee because I have a solo 401k you know, in my business. I mean that mm-hmm. I should be looking at that as do I want to bring on an employee because I think that they'll add value and I'll make money by having that employee rather than, Hey, I can't do that because <laughs> I have a solo 401k, you know? Um, right. It's, it, it, that, it sounds silly, no. you know,
1: it's, it's the, it's the, the, the tail wagging the dog, right. what you just described. And, and that, unfortunately a lot of people are making when you look at business, it's it's like saying, well, I have a marketing budget. And when I hear somebody saying they have a marketing budget, I'm like, you literally are an idiot. And, and you know, why? Why do I say that? Because if you understand what your marketing is doing, so what most people do is they say, I'm going to spend $10,000 on marketing. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But if you understand marketing, you say, okay, well, I'm going to go spend a dollar and it's going to create a dollar 25. Why would you not spend everything you can go get on that? Like you just have to understand how, what the correlation is. You spend, a mil- you spend a million, you make a million 250. Obviously, you're going to spend as much as you can. Same with, with people. And, and if you understand that people are not expenses, they're investments, but only the right people, then you say, how many people can I have becoming a part of this? And unfortunately, a lot of people are just, they're scarcity minded. So they say, well, I'll do it myself. Employees are, I had that thought for many years after I lost 25 million in 2008. I thought people are terrible. I'm going to do it myself. At least I can trust myself. So nobody's coming into my world. And then I started just a number, three or four years ago, I really shifted. And I started realizing the power of people and the this, this synchronicity and everybody that works with me, that none of them are expenses. They're all investments. It's a team approach. And so I'm looking for every, it doesn't matter if I have an opening or not for a world-class person, I'm hiring them. I'm bringing them on. And that's the, that, what you're talking about is, is really a shift in mindset around abundance and, and, and world-class people. And when you, when you shift into that, then the last thing you want to do is say, well, I can't really hire that person because of my retirement account. So you're spot on. Like people need to be thinking, am I living a little life or a big right. life? You're not meant to live little. Right. You're meant to live big.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. And, and having advice and, and from people that have already done it. So like, look. I'm telling you right now, I transferred money. Let's, you know, talk about rollovers. I mean, like I rolled over money from an, another IRA that I already had into, you know, this solo 401k. And then I made money off of that. Much more money than I would have, I I believe, if I had kept it in, the, in this same investments I had in the stock market. And if that was a tax free, penalty free rollover. It's just moving money from one institution to another institution and then investing, you know, putting out instructions for a wire um, to go into a real estate transaction. So, you know, understanding that it's, not, it's a tax-free, you know, penalty-free rollover, and then it gives you control, um, that's, that's huge.
1: That, that I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times people think, oh, I'm going to be taxed. So if you have the right team, not only can you roll things over from IRAs and 401ks into another type of plan without tax or penalty, you can roll them into an EQRP or when you rolled yours to the solo 401k, you can roll these things. There's no tax, there's no penalty. If you have the right team thinking through it, you can also convert to Roth tax-free penalty-free. You can also pull your money out at any age tax-free penalty-free. There's so many options that are out there if you have the right team. And if you say, well, I'll just go Google it. I was laughed. I'm like, good luck on figuring out which is true and which is lies on the internet, because you'll have two things and they're both in the same font. They're different articles and they say opposite. So what do you trust? This is where you have to figure out who's actually saying what they're saying. And so you can, the, the, people pay taxes because they choose to. Bottom line is taxes, taxes are optional. Not like they are in Russia, where it's sort of a suggestion or Italy, like maybe you'll pay taxes, In the U.S., you can absolutely pay taxes or not pay taxes based on your advisors. And the the government is changing things where they're wanting to equalize it. There's a there's a word called equity, not like we're talking about with equity and potentially in investments and real estate equity. I'm talking about equitable. And Kamala Harris, the vice president, has talked about this, where we want to make everything equal. There's even a proposal to have 401k contributions where everybody has the same benefit because rich people get a bigger benefit if there's a deduction because they're in a higher tax bracket. There's talks about trying to equalize these things saying you can only have $5 million in a retirement account. If you have more than that, you have to pull it out and take a distribution. There's all this chatter. What, what do you do with all of it? You make sure you have a world-class team that can help you navigate and they focus on that little niche. So, I mean, it just comes back to the same thing over and over. Why have I said team 40 times in the last 40 minutes? Because if you don't have a world-class team, you're dead.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're dead. Maybe, maybe you're not dead, but you're, you're not, you're not maximizing the life that you can have, you know, finding your financial life and, and the life that you want to create, you know, in terms of time and time with your family, et cetera. Look, um, you said taxes are optional. Now I think that that can be confusing to just say that like, like a blanket statement. I think where where you're going with that is that um, if you, Surround yourself with a team and get educated properly. You can you can navigate and figure out ways to strategize and how to minimize or possibly eliminate your taxes legally. And mm-hmm. you know, um, look if you don't do all those things, you have to pay. You know, you have to pay your taxes. Like it's not optional. The government's going to make you do it. But one of the things that was interesting was. When I got involved with real estate, I had somebody say to me, and you mentioned Kiyosaki, and one of his advisors is, is Tom Wheelwright. And I had somebody say, hey, have you ever read Tom Wheelwright's book, Tax-Free Wealth? And I said, no. He said, you got to read it. And so I started reading it, and, and I was one of the people that, like he talked about, like in his first chapter, hey, there's people that believe they're paying their fair share of taxes. And that's the... That's the patriotic thing to do. And I was like, "Well, you know, I kind of feel that way. Like I I've written some really big checks to the government." And he's like, "Well, look, the tax code's like whatever, 3,000 pages. The first few pages are if you make this much money as a W2 employee, this is how much you pay in taxes. But the rest of the tax code, 2,995 pages are incentives on where the government wants you to invest your money and By doing so, they're going to give you an incentive. And that incentive could be tax incentives. And so why would you not want to educate yourself on, you know, how you could take advantage of those incentives where they want you to invest? So having a team to, you know, educate yourself, whether it be, you know, CPAs that are, you know, um, very proficient in in the tax code, Or people like yourself that set up EQRPs so that you can um, take advantage of the tax laws that the government had put in place because they want people to take those actions. I mean, that was a mindset shift for me because sometimes if you're talking to people that are not educated, they'll think, oh, you're just trying to scam the system, right? And, And it's not the case.
1: Well, it, it's really fascinating to me that w- you're, your comment about patriotic paying taxes. And I look at somebody that, that if anybody were to say to me, well, you don't pay taxes and that's, you're, you're just, you know, you're skimming or scamming or you're, you're not doing the right th- thing. And I go, what the government wants you to do is it wants you to go create housing. It wants you to go hire people because the government sucks at both of those. Right. It's not, it just, it doesn't. And the government can't, when this isn't communist Russia yet, so it, it needs private sector <laughs> to go higher. Hopefully
0: we don't get there, my man.
1: <laughs> we're heading there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going in that direction, unfortunately. But the the, the truth is not paying taxes. Like people got all wound up because Donald Trump, Donald Trump is under permanent audit, has been for decades, always will be. That's what happens with big business. They're always under audit. You think Amazon isn't audited every year? They're under permanent audit. That's how it works. So Tom Wilright and I were talking about this in Belize a few days ago, when we were teaching on, on everything. And we work with a lot of clients at WealthAbility, his company, because we're part of that team. And And the, the goal is to not pay taxes. Why? People say, well, the government needs taxes. No, it doesn't. What it needs is it needs employees. It needs people to have jobs. It needs to have housing. It's not going to do it. Have you ever seen a government housing project? They're called the projects. Right. That's not a good term. Like if you live in the projects, it's not a nice right. place. So what, what does that mean? It means that when you, I, I think paying a bunch of taxes is freaking lazy. And wh- why? Why do I say that? Because it means that you haven't gone out there. You're too cheap to go out to an advisor, and you're too cheap to go to a seminar and learn about how you can do things that the government needs. The government needs us to go produce. It needs us to do things. Otherwise, society falls apart. So the people that are that are hustling, that are going out there doing doing it, getting it done. There's a reason that the tax code is set up like you're exactly right. It's a series of incentives. There's very little in the tax code that talks about making, paying taxes. Most of it's about the government, socially engineering, pushing people to do certain things like the green technologies. We're going to spend trillions of dollars the next decade on green technologies. Who's going to get rich? The green entrepreneurs, the people that are saying, okay, I'm going to have green apartments, not the color green. You know, I'm talking about eco green. So it's just, this is, this is the point people, I, I laugh at people when they say I'm paying my taxes. I'm like, well, you're a moron. You you should not be paying taxes. Legally, you should be creating other things the government wants you to do where they give you incentives. And people go, wait. Like, it it kind of scrambles their brain because they think that we're talking about, you know, tax evasion or something. No, we're we're actually doing the things the government wants us to do.
0: Look, I was there three and a half years ago. I mean, but what you're talking about, like, go out and create companies that hire people and create jobs and income for people and livelihoods and um, you know, and, and affordable housing and all that, that, you know, my mindset wasn't there until I surrounded myself with other people that really, you know, educated me in that way. And I think it's, it's really important. And this is one of those ways to, you know, educate yourself so that you, you know, what's that, that uh, quote, it's not how much money you make, it's how much money you keep. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, one is the taxes you pay right off the bat. And then two, if you put it in retirement vehicles and then you're charged a 37% tax rate because you invested in something that has a loan on it. That to me is, is crazy. Um, and I, you know, so taking advantage of that is, is smart. It's just smart.
1: And it's, it's what the government wants you to do. The, the government wants you to be wealthy because the, the government knows it doesn't have the ability. It's in a, bro- the, look, the government is broke. It's bankrupt. The Ponzi scheme of social security, all that stuff is, is unsustainable. So it's incentivizing us to go out there and be self-sustainable. That's what it wants. So, and, and there's ways to do that where like with, there's the best possible thing people can do is a Roth EQRP, because you're setting yourself up to be able to be used leverage and to pay no taxes for life, plus 10. And I mean, your lifetime plus 10 more years after you die and somebody inherits that account. So it's it's really setting. And so then people come back to the question, well, if everybody's paying no taxes, look, if everybody's paying no taxes, it means there's a booming, robust economy. There's always gonna be taxes, whether it's local taxes or other taxes. The better the government can do at incentivizing people to go create new abundance, the less the government has to do taking care of people that aren't prospering. And so that's the whole point here. It's about creating prosperity. And if you can incentivize people to go create and, and you, you know, you go, we go back to our original, the, the topic at the very beginning, talking about IRAs and solo 401ks and EQRPs. EQRPs are about creating. They're about growing. A solo 401k is really forcing people to be small and not, it doesn't help the system. I mean, uh, it's called a safe Harbor EQRP that allows you to go hire 50 people, start with one, but then you're really doing what the government wants you to do. And you get to control those assets and you can go to Roth. Like it's epic what's, what's available, but you got to be willing to think a little bit bigger than playing scared and playing to playing not to lose is really what most people are doing Playing
0: not to lose. Yeah. Um, and, and not seeing the value of expertise of others, other team members, so for example, I've got this podcast, right? Well, I went down, um, I didn't know how to do a podcast. I went down to a podcast conference last year and I met somebody who was a consultant and that's what he does is help people launch. And, and so I hired him and his team. And you know, when we're done with this recording, I'll send it all to him. They'll put it all together, make it sound nice and, and put it out. But that's not all like... When I look at him and his team, I don't only look at them as, okay, they're going to make it sound nice and put it out. Like he, had, he and his team are experts in what they do. And so I've received so much value back in terms of like, hey, Darren, you should be using this software for this component. You should use this software for this component. We well, talked about Google before, right? Well, I got to the point where I trust this guy and he's worked with a lot of different providers for each one of these little niche software things. If I was going to go Google every time I have to make a decision as to one little software component and try to figure out that's not the best use of my time. And here I'm able to leverage somebody that I trust. That's a part of my team. Now he's a consultant. He's not an employee of mine, but that's, you know, the same thing as using a company like yours is, is you have different knowledge. Uh, you have, you've seen where uh, other situations where other um, customers of yours have had a predicament and you're like, oh, this is another one of those. Okay, this is how we should set it up versus going yeah. and Googling it and trying to figure it out all on your own.
1: I, I think what we've gotten used to is all the information out there and we figure, Oh, I can just go to the algorithm and it'll tell me the solution. And it, we're not in a place where the algorithm is, is as good as we'd like it to be because it's still built by programmers and you can still play games. And and so ultimately the, the other question is how much time do you want to spend bouncing around? And then are, are you certain? And I, I get to that point where I, I don't want to go and it doesn't matter whether it's accounting or, or legal or, or health and fitness, I'm going to go model after people that are narrowly focused and world class. And that's, that's what will change anybody's life is modeling world class, hiring world class. I, there's a, it's a funny thing. You talked about a consultant. And one of the things I've noticed some people do is they'll say, okay, well, I'm going to figure out how, how I can get a consultant and pay as little as possible. It's like having a coach or a mentor and figuring out, oh, and they're saying they're too expensive. The only reason a coach or a mentor is too expensive is because you're not committed. Because the reality is, if you're committed, a coach or a mentor, you're going to do all the work you need to do. And you're going to have a 10x effect or 100x or 1000x off of the stuff. When people when people say, well, I'm not sure about that, that, that coach is $50,000 for a year. And I'm like, you're just not ready to do it. Because who cares if it's 50,000? Even if that coach said nothing, and you just hears, said, here's my commitments, and then did them. You think that 50,000 isn't going to be multiplied by two or three or 10 or 20? I mean, it's, it's about commitment and action.
0: That's it. I, I agree. I agree. I think that's the first step in, in anything, whether you want to invest in something you haven't invested in or whether you want to start your own company, whatever the case may be, you have to decide. Decide that you're going to do it and then commit. And if you don't do that, then it's going to be very hard to have success. Hey, a few questions. Um, that I have here uh, from your book. One, non-recourse debt. So it talks about, you know, these retirement plans um, have to have non-recourse debt. Now, can you invest in a real estate transaction that has bank debt or bridge debt, but the only people that are um, have recourse to are the general partners and the limited partners don't have, there's no, so the, the um, EQRP invests in the deal. It has bank loan debt. So it does have recourse, but it's not recourse back to the EQRP. Can you do that?
1: So yeah, let, let's, let's unpack that. Cause this is a great point. Um, when an EQRP invests and this, this goes for all retirement accounts, when they invest in a deal, the, the individual that's the beneficiary. So it's your retirement account. You personally cannot sign anybody else can sign anybody else. And that's what recourse means. It means you're on the hook. Okay. The, the, the retirement account can be on the hook because it's tied to the asset. So there, but, but it has to be, it has to be that the asset is the only recourse. So if you think of it that way, your, your retirement account is not going to guarantee unlimited exposure. It can't do that, but it's really, it's, it's not, it's not saying you can't have debt. It's, it, and it's not even saying it can't be recourse. It's just the, the individual beneficiary. Gotcha, gotcha. So you've got to be mindful of that. And there are plenty of lenders that do non-recourse. Uh, we have lenders now that are that work a lot with our retirement account clients, and they'll do unlimited amounts of debt unlimited. So you could have 100 houses, you could have apartments, they will do unlimited amounts of debt, and it's between 65 and 75 percent loan to value, and they're reasonable rates. They're more than fanny. They're not going to be three and a half percent. The truth is, it doesn't matter what the rate is if it cash flows, if it, if it actually can work mathematically. So there's a lot of options, and real estate is all about leverage. Right.
0: Absolutely. Hey, um, banks. So with, I know when I was setting up the solo 401k and I have to believe that it's the same with the EQRPs, certain banks are better or understand, you know, how it works with these types of plans. Um, you know, do you work with, you know, a handful of banks that are kind of specialized in this, in this area?
1: We have a couple of relationships that we, we introduce to our clients only and exclusively. And the reason being, they actually know what they're doing. The The reality is most banks don't know what they're talking about. They, they know how to sell you their bank products. And so if you come in and say, I have an EQRP or I have a solo 401k, they're going to look like, look at you like you're an alien. Yeah. And it, it's because you're competing with them and they don't want to compete. They don't want to have you in control of the, your money for two reasons. One, they lose fees. And two, they're concerned about liability from compliance. So most banks, whether it's Wells Fargo, Chase, any of these, they're just not going to do it. They're not going to allow you to set it up. There's very few banks that are out there that you can actually walk in and tell them, here's what I'm doing. They're going to be excited. They're just not.
0: No, it's smart though that you you can refer them to those specialists that do. Because look, I mean, even if you're a, say a single family, I'm, I've never been a single family real estate investor. Um, I'm focused just on large scale multifamily, but um, you know, there's certain banks that you go to get an investment loan on, and and they just make it so hard, or they say no. But then you go to other banks and that specialize in that type of you know investment, and they'll rate you those loans all day long. So it's knowing you know which banks to work with and which ones not to. Hey, in your book, you talk about um, different. You you kind of name a few different uh, types of QRPs. You you have the name of rabbit, squirrel, honey badger. Um, all those are just names that you came up with and they're, they kind of just segment out what somebody might be looking for in an EQRP.
1: The, yeah, the idea there with, with narrowing it down with the rabbit, squirrel, and the honey badger was to really help people identify with where they're at and whether they're by themselves, whether they have... Roll over money, whether they have a company with part-time, full-time. And when I say part-time, I'm talking about 10 hours a week. That's what a part-time it So if you, if, if somebody works for you for two hours, that's, that's like babysitting. But when they're working for you 10 hours a week, that's part-time, they have to be included. And so that's where you go into the safe Harbor with a honey badger. And, and that's, it, it really was to help people understand where they are because you're not, I mean, there's different things you need to do at certain levels. And, and for like, like the way that we broke it up. So, we came up with those names to, to really help people identify a little bit. Uh, that, that's my version of gender identity or something, <laughs> um, is identifying as a, an animal.
0: <laughs> nice. Hey, how'd you get <laughs> into this space? And, you know, how'd you, how'd you end up here and, and focused in on this niche?
1: Entrepreneurs are always looking for problems, not to bitch about them, but to solve them. And when I saw what was going on a decade ago, It started to get frustrating seeing that this lack of information and I also watched both my parents retire basically broke and I watched my dad die concerned that he was going to run out of money before he ran out of time and it was because he didn't understand that there were other options because he worked for the government he was a military guy very patriotic and they don't tell you anything about this they say here it's a thrift savings plan it's a government 401k and he did what he was supposed to do and he retired broke. And so it, it it I took it personally that that the good people are being screwed by a system, being enslaved and put behind prison bars called Wall Street, and it, it made me mad. So you get an entrepreneur that sees a problem and they get emotionally engaged because they're mad. Then just get out of the way, and that's really <laughs> what's happened.
0: So so how long ago did you, was it ten years ago when you started?
1: It was about yeah, it was about ten years ago. The QRP book tenth anniversary edition is is this year. So the the original book was was published ten years ago. So that before that it took about a took a year uh, and a half or so to write the book and have it vetted lots of IRS code and trying to get something complex like retirement and tax code and put it into a readable format right. is a really hard process absolutely
0: I could I can imagine for sure um, but hey I'm thankful that you're out there and you're educating people because I, you know I still don't know why this world like if you're in this world like you you go to conferences and I'm sure you see all a lot of people that you know, like and they frequent these conferences, and but there's so many people still out there that don't know that they could do this. It's crazy.
1: Well, we just get hammered over and over by by the system, by by the Edward Jones of the world and and the fidelities, and they say, Here's what it is, and we read the Wall Street Journal and we hear about stocks and and unless you're in that alternative world and I laugh at it, I'm like, what, what is alternative about real estate? Right. We all are involved in real right. estate because we sleep somewhere. And even if you're homeless, there's real estate. Like it's the corner of the five by five you're sleeping on. That's not alternative. What's alternative is all the, the paper manipulation. And, and people just don't know about this stuff because there's a very powerful system called wall street. The financial services industry is like 25% of the GDP in America. And yet what do they do? They just shuffle crap around. And so it, it, but it's very profitable. And when there's profit, there's power. And when there's power, there's protection. People are going to protect a system that enriches them. That is not enriching the people. It's enriching the powerful.
0: Yeah. Um, they're getting that recurring revenue stream year after year, after year, after year, after year cause the money's stuck. Um, Hey, yep. outside of work, what do you like to do?
1: So I'm a big, a big fan of being outdoors, connecting to what's honest. What's honest is nature. So I like doing that. And and I spend a lot of time in that space, so like hiking and, and
0: camping and that type of type yeah, of thing.
1: Yeah, I mostly hiking. I there. One of the problems when you actually understand or yeah, have an experience of sleeping in a really nice bed, <laughs> it's really hard to go sleep on dirt and rocks. So I'm not not really my thing. I I enjoy being out and about and hiking and and yoda and yoda yoga things that are really simple and grounded and 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 calming. I think we're in society now. They're Things are speeding up. They're not very grounded. They're stressful, and so finding ways to to engage in activities that are the opposite of that. I think if you're if you're stressed, one of the most valuable things you can do is go for a walk with trees and nature. And it tends to you you look around and you go, "This just feels real because it's honest." There's no like, there's no squirrel that's going to manipulate you. Like if you see a squirrel running, it's just being itself. Like nothing else in 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 the world has a frontal lobe that thinks about the future. humans are crazy. We, you know, we, we just, we're always thinking and there's anxiety, there's, there's panic. Animals don't have that stuff. So I, I like being amongst animals and and plants. And it, I think anybody can, can benefit from being in those environments. It's
0: awesome. When you look, when you're near an ocean or you're in the mountains or whatever, just natural beauty, you tend to have certain different thoughts that come in your head too. Um, Whether it be Mm -hmm. like what's important in my life or, or what's the next you know um, goal I'm gonna go after? Whatever the case may be. So that that's awesome. Um, you you said hiking, not so much camping. Um, so my my son is gonna be a junior in college. My daughter just graduated high school. She's gonna be a freshman in college in the fall. And so we're gonna be empty nesters, my wife and I. Um, and I'm already like, hey, let's try this RV thing and go around. You know and, and sometimes expectations are different than the actual thing. We haven't done it yet, but my, you know, my, we're used to going to nice vacation resorts. And so getting my wife interested in the whole RV thing and living in a small little uh, RV traveling around is, you know, a little bit of um, coaxing. Um, But, and we may like it, we may love it, we may hate it. um, But you know, if you don't try, you'll never know. And look, it's the same thing with investments or starting a business or whatever. If you don't take a chance, if you don't learn from others, if you don't bring on other team members, you're never going to be able to learn whether it was something for you or not.
1: That's, that's that's exactly right. one, One of the things that I love about business, Darren, is that it's a, it's a personal development program. And there's nothing that beats it. I mean, just nothing. And you can take it anywhere you want any day you want. I'm going to juice it. I'm going to expand it. You don't have to go to a Tony Robbins seminar. I mean, you should, but you don't have to like you just start a business and go hire somebody. Watch yourself grow. I think that's one of the things people miss. They're like, Oh, I don't want a person. There's people involved with when you hire a person. I'm like, yeah, guess what? It helps you to understand that you know, your know thyself. Okay. That's, that's a big part of this. So business is great. People that say, oh, I'm not a business person. I'm not a salesperson. You're missing out on who you could potentially be because you're never able to actually grow it. Yeah.
0: And and impact others. Right. Um, You know, so, Mm -hmm. hey, uh, we talked a lot about different things in here. Um, You know, we're coming near to the end here. Just wanted to make sure that I didn't miss anything that you think is really important that we should highlight before, um, you know, wrapping this up.
1: Well I think that you you've said this a number of times and and I've I've sort of danced around it you've you've said you know you can learn and you should grow and 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 just keep learning and I agree with that. I I think that the team is important because smart people tend to say well I'll just learn it all myself, but it doesn't mean that you should plan on being an idiot. And so the next step is really learning more and and with in this space one of the things that I did a number of years ago was I summed it up so somebody could get the essence of it in about 10 minutes and that was That was the report that I wrote that you can download, get it on your phone. And so I want to make sure everybody's doing that. Start with that, because what you shouldn't do is call me or call my team or call anybody and say, "Okay, I don't know anything. Just do it like that's stupid. You want to show up at the party and be able to talk the language. And so to your point about learning, yes, you should absolutely learn some basics about law and accounting and retirement accounts so you can have a conversation. Otherwise, you're going to be led all over the place and have no idea what anybody's even talking about. So I think there's a there's a healthy bridge in having a team and also having the basics so you can actually have a conversation.
0: Yeah, so I would maybe say, look, if you want to invest with your retirement funds, you have three options, self-directed IRA, solo 401k, and EQRP. From everything that I see the EQRP has way more flexibility and and control and asset protection and um, limits your tax liability. And so, you know, whether it's Damien or somebody else, you know, get educated, that's one piece. But then if it's not only about getting educated, you actually have to take action. And you're not going to completely learn it unless you do it. So, you know, peel off a piece and be committed to to try investing in something outside of stocks and bonds and see how that works for you.
1: And, and to your point, what do you do? what do you do? You take action. You've got to be committed. You take action. And, and what's the one thing you can do? I mean, I'll tell you right now, grab the phone. You're listening to this on and, and, and text, text a word to EQRP to 72,000 to get the report that we we need to do things to create momentum. And so if you so say, say that again, what can, how do they
0: get the report?
1: So you grab your phone and text the word EQRP to, to the number 72,000. That's going to allow you to get the report right to your phone and then you can share it. So even if you don't think that this applies to you, I guarantee you there's somebody in your life that's retired or is investing with an IRA and they're about to get hammered with UBID tax. So simple, super simple, right? Kiss, keep it super simple. send text, the word EQRP to 72,000 and, and get, and get the report. And if you want the book, we'll send you the book too. This gets the ball rolling. And that's, that's where, that's where it happens.
0: That's huge. So if people want to reach out to you directly, um, is that the best way? Is there other, other means for them to, to get to learn more about you and and your company as well?
1: I think that the best thing if, if somebody wants to reach out to me is, is find me on LinkedIn. And, and that's, you know, and I'll, I'll give everybody a tip on LinkedIn. If you want to connect with somebody, don't send them a generic canned thing, actually send them something. I I love when people reach out and they're, and they're thoughtful I read every message that comes in. I've got a team that helps me. I read every one of them though. And anything that's canned gets rejected. I, I don't, I don't even care who it is. It could be, you know, it could be the Dalai Lama. If the Dalai Lama is sending me a canned comment or question, I'm just going to ignore it. Because I'm looking for humans that have actual intelligent conversations. I, I, I like people. So I want people that will show up and spend some time. And uh, that's how you find me.
0: So look for Damien on LinkedIn. Uh, his, his name, if you're listening and you don't have it in front of him, uh, front of you, is D-A-M-I-O-N. And his last name Lupo, L-U-P-O. And I will have all that in the show notes. But um, just in case you're listening and want to write that down. Damien, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing. Um, I know I learned from this and I hope listeners, uh, you enjoyed that one. Um, until next week, signing it off.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.